What if I could get you a half an hour sit down with someone who used to run a record label and was also the vice president of sales for Sony Music USA? Sounds pretty good, right? Well, that's exactly what we've done. Enter Todd McCarty. Todd is the owner and founder of Band Builder Academy. And he did used to do those two jobs. He was the former VP for sales for Sony Music Entertainment and the general manager at Fearless Records. Before all of that, Todd was a professional drummer and he went on to act as tour manager and promoter. He has a demonstrated history of breaking artists into the music industry. He has several platinum and gold sales awards to his name and highly skilled in sales when it comes to label management, Apple Music, Spotify and playlists. So he's certainly a man to talk to about making it in the music industry. So when I reached out to Todd to talk about Band Builder Academy and he said yes, I couldn't wait to speak with him. Now just before we get going, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm gonna put chapters in the video of all the different questions I've asked so you can jump around and get the question you want answered. And stick around to the end because we've got something special that me and Todd have put together for you. So let's jump to a couple of weeks ago when I spoke to Todd. With that all being said, Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Todd McCarty on the channel. Hey. hey, everybody. Hey, JP. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule as well. It's really, really nice of you. Um, so I've got, I've got so many questions for you. Many artists who are just starting out get this sense that you have to be signed to a label, and that's the be-all and end-all of everything. And once they're signed, they've made it. On the other side of the coin, going indie sometimes, it feels like you're volunteering into like a dark, scary forest without a map, without food, without even a torch. So yeah. given your past and your amazing resume, you're kind of a man of two worlds both between the big label stuff, but also from the indie stuff. So what do you prefer? Yeah, and, and there's a third world too. I, I, I started as a musician, as a drummer in a band. So yeah. um, wanting to get signed to labels and you know sending in demos and all that stuff. So I've done it all. Um, but it's interesting because I spent most of my time at the indie labels, Fearless Records, um, yeah. Yeah. and working for independent labels. Um, and I always wondered later in my career, what it was like to work for a major. And that's what attracted me. And I accepted the job at Sony. Right. Um, so I have seen it all, but it's not, it's not an easy answer, but it's like, um, I'd say if you want to play the hit game, if you feel like you can be very exciting to a major record label or a large label that mm -hmm. has huge pipelines of promotion, radio, PR, TV, you name it, um, playlisting, um, if you can be a priority and you'll be happy on their label um, with that large label setup. Right. If, if you're not willing to play the hit game or you feel that um, you've got a lot of the things, but your fan base isn't built and you're going to be a small fish in a big sea, you mm. might be frustrated at one of those larger yeah. labels. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a midsize or a, or an independent label might be a better fit for you or you're going to be a priority. Those those independent labels still have powerful pipelines of promotion that might even fit your genre or your specific needs better. So um, okay. independent labels are great too. Um, and then unsigned is is great if, if you sort of don't want to stress about, you know, being a priority and um, if you want more control, if you if if you want to be paid attention to 365 days of the year, record labels are not going to give you the time of day. You know they will when you're in cycle, but when you're sort yeah. of off cycle, they they won't pay as attention as much. So okay. I think um, record labels. I still run into a lot of musicians that want that's the goal. They want to be signed, um, mm. but the ones that have done well as DIY artists had a couple of things. They Maybe they had a bad experience on a record label and they're like, this time I'm going to go independent and do it myself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And th- and that's why they're successful because they know sort of they've been there and they know what what they need. Others just have really good music and they're nice people. That combination works too. When your music is really really good and your phone's ringing and everybody's contacting you, yeah. being independent is a great a great way to go as well. Okay, cool. Thank you for answering that because of course like when you think about obviously getting signed in inverted commas you just think of like one big label or a couple of big labels of course you don't think of like the medium size or the you know you know the, the, the smaller smaller labels so i'm i'm going to show my age and i was buying cassettes then i bought cds and vinyl and now um i've been told that's dead media um which is really scary um so the question is are playlists now the future of music I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're the future because they have been around for mm. ten years or so, pretty in a pretty big way. Um, they're definitely the present and into the near future. I think you know they're going to be around, but I I don't think that they're the distant future. I definitely think something will be replaced. But oh. it's true, and I don't. I don't like saying this, but I listen to playlists now more than I listen to full length albums. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just I just yeah. enjoy streaming. I enjoy playlists. And so, yeah, for me, um, I think they're here to stay. But I do think something cooler will come along because it always does. And they're, they are, as far as promotion, they sort of are, you know, for developing artists, playlists are sort of the main thing right now. So we can't ignore that. I don't know about I don't know if I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a medium a part B into this question. Um, I think because obviously playlists are so integrated into things like social media and social media kind of has just taken over the world right now. Do you think that's kind of the reason why a lot of people are like I must be on Spotify, like I must be on Apple Music, I must be like you got almost like when a business in the '90s was like you must have a website. It's like you must be on to to have any kind of following you know it's not good enough to just be the best band in your town or city anymore it's got to be like the world's got to know you yeah no i think the mains the main thing is you know people want to display their success and um a high a high tiktok count like high follower count or like count and stream counts on tiktok that's public and you know you're famous if you have big numbers uh, mm. With Apple, if you have big numbers, nobody can see it. With Spotify, it's totally public. Everybody can see your streaming numbers. So yeah. playlists are the biggest way to get your streaming numbers looking good. Mm. And then when your streaming numbers look good on Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, as far as you know your, your social media, of course, everybody else comes to the table. So unfortunately, sometimes I see the hamster wheel the you know of of musicians just trying to please the algorithms and get the streams and all of that stuff but it's sort of the way it's sort of the way it is and we can complain about it but it's on some on some level we just have to play the game what does an indie artist need to make it on their own hmm i i think um really good songs and a good personality and and being a nice person that will get you really, really far. You know, th- it's never been easier to be an independent artist. So, like, the distribution is super simple, easy. Yeah. Um, collecting your royalties is getting much easier. Yeah. Um, and and I think making content, you know, like the content creation tools are so much easier. Yeah. So you, you just, you need a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say it's easy to be an independent musician, um, but you also need some people that are going to help you balance out that creation, your artistry side, and, and that yeah. time that you need to be creative and, and, and make content. 
right. with the promotion side. And that's why it really helps to have a friend manager, a friendager. Friendager, I like that. <laughs> or, you know, somebody in your family or I don't know, you're, you're um, you know, maybe you have a, a nephew or a niece that's really excited about what you're doing that wants to help for free. But you need, you do need people to sort of, sort of help you. Um, bandmates or collaborators, those are yeah. always great. Um, but yeah, you need you need some key people that are gonna, you know, sort of I guess not pick up the phone and and dial like like you did in the old days, but yeah, yeah. do the digital version of that. Or hey, jump on the phone too. That works. I think it's um, interesting that you have the idea of even if it's just one band or you like one person or maybe who maybe is disconnected from the creation of the music but actually wants to go on the business side a bit more you could probably do so much i do that as well i do a lot but then it's kind of like i'm gonna need to get someone in to like just help me with this and help me with that so yeah no i get that that's cool um so the indie artist yeah. kind of needs needs a circle of people around them maybe um so yeah cool thank you for that answer i've got a bit of a weird question for you so how can i pay the bills and survive as a musician <laughs> it's not easy man yeah that's um and not a lot of people are doing it i have to say um you know like spotify has put some numbers out about how many artists and when they say artists it's not people it's like teams and rights holders are making a living from their spotify um, you might be able to times that by two for all music services and all revenue streams. Uh, but like, I think it was like 20, 30,000 artists are making a living, you know, mm -hmm. from Spotify. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, that's not a lot. So it's difficult, yeah. but I would say knowing that, um, working your way towards, you know, building a, building a career from your music from, I would say the money aside from, you know, the big streaming numbers mm. is from ticket sales. If you're performing or merchandise, you know, or fan yeah. fan type offerings. So, um, I would tell independent artists to focus on the thousand true fans concept. If you don't know what that is, look it up, but essentially it's getting a thousand people to pay you a hundred dollars a year. Um, which is $100,000 a year, a livable wage, or some form of that, whether it's, you know, 500 fans paying you $200 a year, or, yeah. you know, 10,000 fans paying you $10 a year, something like that. That's really interesting. Like, when you break it down like that, that's actually like, you're talking like, sort of like, what, what I've heard the term before, like super fans, or mega fans, mm -hmm. things like mm -hmm. that. These people mm -hmm. who are like, you bring out like, you know, branded nail clippers, they're going to buy it. Um, so like, these that's interesting a hundred uh, if you put it in that context a hundred dollars in one year that doesn't sound like a lot you know and that's you you, you times it by a hundred it's again it's just a numbers game isn't it yeah no i would put your focus there because what are you really trying to do are you trying to earn a living from people that like your music mm. yes or are you trying to chase the dream of you know millions and millions of streams that's fine too yeah. um but just realize you know the thousand true fans method yeah. will get you an earning uh, earning a living a living wage much quicker or easier. I'm not I'm not gonna say getting a thousand true fans is easier either, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. much more yeah. manageable than getting two million TikToks or you know a million yeah. monthly listeners on Spotify. 
So I'm going to move over to you. Um, so you started your YouTube channel around about eight months ago, which is awesome, by the way. So if people haven't oh, seen thank it, you. please go and see it. It's fantastic. There's a video on there about how much you get actually from Spotify and the kind of, was it the uh, the centric thing where basically like the money's not spread evenly? That's a fantastic video, by the way. Thank you for putting Oh, thanks. That. Yeah, the, the user-centric streaming model is what Yeah, it's fantastic. About. And I really hope that the um, the... the, the, the the, the gods that be um, take notice of that. Aren't you giving away all your secrets? <laughs> I think about that too, actually. You know, um, Am I giving too much away? But I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, you can put a book out there and write a book and books yeah. give secrets away and then it's out there. And um, So no, I'm not, I'm not giving it all away. I, I definitely reserve some inside <laughs> Band Builder. Um, but I just, I think like you and your YouTube channel, you just want to mm -hmm. be helpful. Um, you know, I'm trying to attract musicians and an audience to, to, to get to know me a little bit better and to, you know, build a relationship so that you might do business with me. I want you to be one of my thousand true fans, you know, so, um, that's nice. what I'm willing to put out there in, in, in yeah. order to get to know you better. Yeah, that's good. That's a great answer. If you see someone going, Hey, buy my thing. You're like the first thing now because of social media, because of followings and everything else. It's like, who is this person? So the, the old phrase is nothing draws a crowd like a crowd, right? So yeah. Yeah. Personally, what's your favorite music platform and why? Mm. I'm probably just going to have to say Spotify. I'm so into it. Um, I've tried other things and I really can't get back to it. Mm. Um, I really like just all the the usability features like the CarPlay. I'm driving a lot, so always listening. I like doing a playlist. I create my own. I mm. curate some, some playlists out there. Um, and then I do a lot of research on there. I, I even dig back into like all the historical music from the 70s, 80s, 90s O's that I missed and, and yeah. I can go back and check them out. So I just I just like that. It's sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm a heavy listener. I listen to public music still five, six, seven hours a day. I'm always have wow. music on. I'm always really? looking. So I listen. I get I get my nine ninety nine a month worth for sure. <laughs> Brilliant, fantastic. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, wow, seven. I'd love to do seven hours of music a day. That's that's cool. Um, wow, yeah, that's a heavy. That's heavy use. That's that's good though, right? So I mean, you're getting so much influence off that. That's amazing. So I asked, kind of asked this question before about what's the future of music in regards to playlists. But what do you think the future of music and streams are when it comes to paying the artist? Yeah, I think um, it kind of goes back to like what I said about, you know, earning a living wage. And mm. I think that um, change is coming. I think um, governments and regulation uh, is going to have to step in. Music, The music business has never really truly been unionized. There's not a lot of organization, mm. but yeah. musicians can't earn a living wage. Even artists that are streaming, you know, millions are not making yeah. a living wage still. So yeah. I think there's got to be a lot of change coming. It could be um, what I mentioned, what I mentioned that video you were talking about, the user-centric model where mm. um, there's a more direct connection, kind of like how there was with physical music where, yeah. you know, yeah. artists got paid on how many physical units they sold and they got their percentage of that, mm. um, just like ticket sales or merch. So um, right now that's not the case. A lot of people don't realize that, but mm. when I stream... Yeah my six, seven hours a day on Spotify, the artists that I'm listening to are actually not getting my $10 a month. Like it's not yeah. mostly going to the artists I listen to. It's going to superstar artists. So that, that system is unfair. Um, but I think it's also going to be uh, something like 
the thousand true fans, the community driven model of like mm. NFTs, the non fungible tokens, yeah, um, yeah. those type of crypto offerings where people might pay, like I said, 500 fans paying you $200 a year. Maybe you sell 500 NFTs for $200 each. You're making yeah. 100 grand a year off that. So yeah. um, that stuff I think is very realistic for the future. It's coming, mm. it's, it's already here. Yeah. Um, so I think that could be exciting. And maybe more and more artists, as they start to make a real living from those things, maybe they'll choose not to put their stuff on, you know, on these streaming platforms. Or maybe, mm. maybe they'll be making so much money, like the the bigger artists, that they don't even care about how little they're paid on streaming services. Uh, I, I don't, I haven't figured it out, but yeah. I do think streaming in its current form is here to stay for a while. Yeah. But something else is coming. I'd like to think there's a better use of like the um, voice activated, like the Amazon Alexa type thing and yeah, all yeah. The, the voice activated stuff. I like to think that gets better because like I said, I'm a heavy Spotify user right now, but I'm still not happy with Alexa and the voice system where I can go, hey, I yeah. want to play something like this and give some specific keywords and have Alexa make some recon recommendations. Like yeah, there's yeah. way more we can do with that stuff. So obviously Apple were doing a um, Apple Music voice service, which was like half the price. It was like five, like five, like here in the UK, four ninety four ninety nine pounds. Going the wrong direction. Anyone at Apple's listening, that is going the wrong. Four ninety nine is way too little to pay for music. Got to charge more. Sorry. No, that's fine. And the thing is, I agree with you because obviously everyone goes, "Oh yeah, it's so cheap." It's like, yeah, but where's that money going so with that in mind obviously with the whole like centric thing do you think like like sites like Bandcamp, where that money is more predominantly going to artists like that's kind of a, a more of a usable place for musicians to start like to build their following or build their merch build their stuff like that i love Bandcamp for that reason and i read that um during the pandemic actually Bandcamp had like their two best years ever um yeah. Yeah. And not saying that like it was at the expense of musicians, it was going into musicians' pockets better. So yeah, yeah. Um, the tipping thing is really big, and that's probably mm. a future revenue stream. Um, actually, I live in Japan. I don't know if we got we touched on that, but really? I'm over in Japan. And in Asia, China and the rest of Asia, tipping culture is huge. That's how yeah. the artists make right. like half of their income comes from really? five dollar $5 sticker icons and buying right. digital flowers for $10 and that's how yeah. artists are making their money. And, and, and here in Japan, it's the, um, the VIP experiences and selling basically like a meet and greet autograph for $20. It's $20 more to get a photo. It's $20 more to get wow. an autograph. I mean, really? you know, so they really get a lot of money from these meet and greets, wow. but the tipping culture is something that hasn't really caught on in Europe uh, and America and even Latin yeah. America so much. So yeah. I think that's coming and that's going to help. With the things like Spotify, Apple Music, you know, Amazon, Pandora, all these kind of things, there's the other side, which is things like using stuff like Bandcamp to kind of directly connect the musician uh, to the artist, but more is like, it, it, you said you love Bandcamp for that reason alone, um, but it was more of a, you know, how do you get... How does the artist get more money? Basically, like, how does right, directly right. get more money? Because the streaming side, you know, as you say, you pay nine ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, whatever it is, and then it's all about the consumer. It's all about you get lossless audio or you get this split between your family. 
but it's yeah. not about the the actual musicians. But I do like the direct to um you know to the artist. They have mm. a tipping thing or pay whatever you want. They have merch built in. They have crowdfunding. They have all this stuff built into Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, if if artists don't like Bandcamp, uh, another good one is Banzoogle. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know they've made leaps and bounds improvements. So if you haven't checked them out in the last six months, do it mm. again. Their templates are getting better. But they have all this stuff built in where they have ticket sales and you you're you can register for getting your stuff charted you can do merch you can do fan clubs you can do tipping you can do all of this stuff yeah. um and the vip packages of crowdfunding so i yeah. would look into something like that mm. and going back to the thousand true fans and paying yourself first rather than waiting for the industry to pay you um i think those two Bandcamp and banzoogle are great tools to do that um, cool. And work on just, you know, um, building those direct connections with your fans and getting okay. them, all, funneling them all back through direct sources like Bandcamp or your website. So moving over to yourself, you have this uh, academy, which is called Band Builder Academy. Can you tell me what it is or tell our subscribers what it is and what makes it different? Band Builder, I started two years ago. Um, it's It's something that I had been planning for a long, long time. I left uh, Sony in 2017. It was just like, yeah, two years ago, right as the pandemic was starting, I, I, I launched Band Builder Academy. And really what it is, is it's a monthly subscription. Um, it's $29.99 a month right now when we're, when we're recording this. You get access to like a full training academy. It's just, it's not just one course. It's not just like a Spotify course or a social media course or advertising right. course. It's got all of that built in probably like 30 or 40 courses built in. So it's, wow. I cover everything. You can use it if you're an indie artist, managers are in there, some record labels are in there. You right. can use it as a new artist. You can use it as you've already released a couple things and you, you're just you're just getting used to like, maybe it's your second or third release. Yeah. You can use it if you've been a musician for 10, 15 years and come back and, and learn some, some good practices. But I put all of my years of um, independent record label management Sony and, and music sales stuff into this and I don't just sort of leave you to go through the roadmap It's a 10 stage roadmap in chronological order starting with your branding Working through release strategy and and, yep. and promotion and building your marketing plan and working with influencers and, and media But I don't just leave you to it. So everybody that joins gets a free coaching call with me one-on-one -on -one. I'm in the community all day long talking with other members and yeah. I answer questions in there, but I don't just like give you quick responses. Like there's full on blog entries in the community. They're really long right. form right. replies and lists and best, best practices. And I do that so that it doesn't feel totally like going to school because I get that comment from mm. artists out there. They, they, they're, they're worried about their artistry and creation and, and making good music and they don't necessarily want to go right back to school. I mean, some of them are young and just got out of school. They don't want to go back in. So I understand that. I'm going to tell you it is a little bit like going to school. There's a lot to learn. I'm in there trying to coach artists on, on the best way to get there and how to the steps and, and what way to do things. I think what makes the Academy different, I, I, I'm one of the very few, if, if only, that has like real sales, major label sales experience. Um, working directly with Spotify for 13, 14 years, Apple Music since its inception of iTunes, you know, and, and also running a, a team of, you know, a, a label, uh, Fearless Records with 20 employees um, and building a business. So like 
Um, I think what makes me a little different is I, that's at, at the labels, my job was music sales and not just sales, right. but like all revenue streams for a record label from publishing and merchandise yeah. and sales to just running a really good business. So band builder can be used by musicians, but it could equally be used as like a podcaster or a YouTuber or a, right. I don't know, an insurance person or any, any line of business, you can learn how to build a good business from my academy. And then the other big distinguishers, I have some exclusive tools that you're only going to find in band builder, like um, the algorithm, Spotify algorithm tool. Right. So I've sort of tapped into the Spotify algorithm and this is not publicly in view, but you can kind of see with my tool the internal charts on Spotify and you can find right. your unique song and artist and how you fit in and stack up within the 5,000 micro genres that Spotify has. Wow. Um, and you can see where you stack up. And then we use the tool in combination with some other exclusive tools like a genre finding tool yeah. that sort of um, allow you to explore maybe 10, 15, 20 artists that you can sort of discover that you might not know of. Mm. And they're developing artists. You can kind of look at their path over the past 12 months to a year or two years and see how they developed. And you can kind of get ideas on how to, you know, basically follow the same path that they did. Right. So building the same team, wow. getting in the same media, getting on the same social media or the same YouTube things, the same, right. you know, uh, social media is that they used. And so there's lots of these tools um, in there. And that's as much as I'll say about it, because I do keep it exclusively to band builder members. Um, and you can come in, join, try it out for yourself. Um, yeah. And if you don't like it, I have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no wow, risk for nice. it. That's really insightful, and thank you for that because I didn't realize how it much was in there. When you said it's the equivalent of like you know what you said, 50, like 50, 60 courses. That's, that's incredible, um, and it kind of leads me on to my next question. Obviously, that first of all, that's a lot of work. Why did you decide to build it? What? Why? Why did? Why did you decide yeah, to yeah. go go your own way? I, I'm going to build this academy. Um, why not just stick to the what you were doing and 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 have a nice cushy life? <laughs> yeah, no, I get this question a lot because you know, for some people, you know, being a, v, a VP at Sony or managing an, a successful independent label with mm. platinum artists and Grammy nominees, it's um, yeah. that's exciting, and it was, and it, and it definitely was. But I started this music business thing very early. I mean, I was in bands and releasing vinyl records in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, and touring and booking shows from a young age. Um, and I'm 45 now. So I've been doing it actually a long time. In 2017, when I left Sony, I was like 42 years old or something. Mm. So I was, I had been doing it a long time. And I was like, I don't want to do the record label business anymore. I want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had kind of done most of the things I'd set out to do. I, you know, been to the Grammys and had a lot of platinum success. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I, I it wasn't there wasn't much more to do except work in a major label so i did that right. Right. i got that out of my system i enjoyed it um but what i really wanted to do when i asked myself i want to start my own business and then what would i do you know i don't mm -hmm. i didn't want to start a record label so okay. i said what do i like and i like the education part so i built band builder as sort of like this playbook that i would have given artists the first day they walked into the record label when they got signed because yeah. a lot of them come in with, you know, really good music, 
Hmm. You know, even a fan base, they come in with a small, a smaller or big, even a big fan base. Right. Um, but a lot of them didn't have a really good understanding of the music business and they actually didn't have a very good business, like a very good lemonade stand, as we say. Like, right. Okay. There yeah. were some things they needed to tighten up. So Band Builder was sort of like the tool set that I like would have handed them on day one when they walked in because yeah. I didn't have a lot of time to do education at the record labels. I had to be on the phone, you know, or, yeah. you know writing pitches or, you know, develop, developing marketing plans or dealing with the business. So, um, I wanted to stop and educate the artists, their managers and right. the team on these things, but I never had the time. Right. Okay. So I sat down for two years and I developed all of this information. I improved it. I'm still improving it. Mm. And, uh, that's kind of what band builder is about. It's, um, it's that playbook that yeah. any artists, whether you're unsigned, signed, um, superstar down to developing artists, you know, that they, that they need to develop their business. That's, that's so cool. I, I, I get it now. You've done what you needed. You've done all the, you know, what, and a struggling artist going, oh my God, the Grammys, you know, like, that's so cool, man. And genuinely, I'm, I'm like, that's a fantastic thing to do. And yeah, thank you for explaining that. That's fantastic. Right. Okay. I've got a scenario for you. Um, uh, let's pull on your expertise and see what you you say for this next question. I, it doesn't have to be me, but I am a, so, a new artist. I've just finished making 10 tracks. I'm really proud of them. I can't wait to get them out there. Do I, in the current market, release them all as just one album, or do I release them as 10 separate singles? Go. <laughs> I, I would say um, if you're a new artist, um, or even if you've been around for a few years and, and you're trying to sort of you know level up in your business, yeah. I would take those 10 songs and I would probably break them up into two EPs. Okay. And then eventually release them as a full length, maybe 16, 18 months down the road. But what I would do okay. is I would do break it into two parts. I'd take the first five songs, I'd release three as standalone singles first. Okay. Yeah. And then fourth and fifth, I would put out as an EP on that on the EP release date. Right. And so this is over like a five month, six month period. Okay. And um, and this gives you like a lot of I call them at bats or a lot of swings mm. at getting playlists and, and pitching to Spotify and, and mm. Apple and Amazon and all your your DSPs. Release it like that. Drip them out every one month to two months, and that yeah. that's probably the sweet spot. Maybe six weeks to eight weeks, yeah. um, a single every time, and then drop the EP. And I would do that, and then I would see what works. I do your promotion plans. Um, build up from there, kind of stack each uh, each one up so they do better and better each time. Right. And then I would see how it goes. And okay. you know, and, and then the next time, do it all over again and set out to do the next five songs and do it better and bigger that time. Right. Um, and then maybe after a while, I would take those uh, those two EPs and I would mush them together in one. By the way, just leave all the singles and the EPs up there because. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can use the same ISRC codes. Yeah. But, you know, leave the EPs in place, leave the album, you know, up. It, it's it's messy, but trust me, just leave it all in place because people will um, pull tracks from those standalone singles, from the EP, from the album, and right. they'll put them in their personal playlist. Right. And if you take them down, those products down, you risk your songs coming out of their personal playlist and you don't right. want to do that. Yeah, of course. Even if it's a, the same ISLC code, it's going to go, right? Okay, that's that's interesting. In some, some DSPs, if you have the same ISRC, it will remain in their playlist. 
But if the UPC is pulled down on most of these, it will pull that track down. So like you could have the same song as a standalone single Mm. um, with its own UPC Mm. and unique ISRC, an EP version that has the same ISRC, but it's under a different UPC for the album. And then an album has a different UPC as well. So um, I would just leave everything in place. It it is a little bit dirty, but that's that's the price you got to pay. Uh, but staying in people's personal libraries and in their personal playlists, that's sort of like the secret to algorithm music music services. Because right. yeah. um, when you stay in that person's algorithm, you stay in for life in most cases. Right. Kind of like CDs and cassettes, we all threw those things out. Like they're in the trash mm. for, most, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But your vinyl collection, you didn't throw your vinyl away. Nobody yeah. has the heart to put a vinyl record in the trash. It's a work yeah. of art. Yeah. It's kind of like that with the algorithm, although it's not as great or cool. But very, very <laughs> seldom will you come out of somebody's music algorithm. Once you're in, you mm. kind of stay in. That's really interesting. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. I did a video a little while back, which was kind of like single versus album. And I kind of talked about what's commonly known as like the waterfall technique, where you, you like you said, you kind of, you know, you drip it in and then you use the same ISRCs to just create the album. That's interesting about taking it down. No, I could, I, I I didn't realize, of course, it's going to go from the playlist because, of course, it's a different UPC. So thank you for that. That's that's gold, actually. Um, so thank <laughs> you for fine. that. That's great. Right. So Band Builder Academy. I'm a solo artist. Can I use it? Ah, yeah. That's that's something I didn't mention. Like, I launched it as Band Builder because I came from, you know, promoting rock bands at Fearless and Sony. Yeah. And that's just the vocabulary that I used. Yeah. And I wanted to name it something that sounded like what it did. But I quickly realized that half or more than half of my members are solo artists. Okay. Um, or they're just like a one-man, two-man show. So yes, the answer is if you're a solo artist, absolutely you can use it. I'd yeah. say 60% of the members are solo artists. And I've quickly sort of adapted all of my material to, to speak to both artists, uh, I mean bands, solo artists, groups, rappers whatever whatever it is so cool. you're all welcome it'll work for every genre um it doesn't it doesn't matter cool thank you for that that's cool excellent so band builder academy where do we sign up can we tell me tell me tell me tell me tell me the information go 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 oh yeah well you know what we should do is if give anybody watching a 10 percent discount so oh, i'll yes. send you a um a link that they can get a 10 percent uh, discount Cool. They'll go to my website, put it in, and, and that'll be good. So, Wicked. yeah, just go to the website. Easy to sign up. I hope to see you in there. And if, if you have any questions, like, um, I'll check out the you know the thread here. If, if it's on YouTube, yep. I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody, any follow-ups. Um, you can always email me, Todd at BandBuilderAcademy.com. Uh, you can find me on my, on my YouTube channel. That's forward slash BandBuilderAcademy, YouTube forward slash band builder academy cool fantastic that's great so with everything we've just gone through i think um a round of applause because i think the information that you've been given on this uh, little talk has been fantastic uh for the guys who are watching this thank you very much and also go and check out todd's website so it's bandbuilderacademy.com have I got that right? Yep. Yeah. And then with the link that's on the screen now, you're going to get 10% off. How cool is that? So, Todd, all that remains is to say thank you so much for taking time out today. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, JP. Thanks for having me on. And maybe we can do something again in the future, whether it's on my channel or have you yeah. in the Academy, something. But it's been good good to get to know you. Yeah. And just, you know, thanks again for having me on. You're welcome, mate. No problem at all. 
it was amazing to speak to Todd and I just want to say to him thank you very much for obviously the time that he gave as his time is very precious. Now you can join Band Builder Academy at $29.99 a month or it's $299.99 a year. However, if you put JP Music, all in capitals, JP Music, make sure it's all in capitals, then you're gonna get a 10% discount. The information that Todd is given is pure gold, so much so that even I have joined Band Builder Academy. I believe one thing, which is if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You need to learn from other people and people who have walked those paths. So this is why I have joined Band Builder Academy myself, so I can learn a little bit more about releases, strategies, and lots of other things as well. As Todd said, it's like the equivalent of 60 courses, if not more, and he's building more into Band Builder Academy, and you're gonna get all that information inside Band Builder Academy. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up, or if you're listening to this on a podcast, then please give it a review. The reviews on the podcast really help me, and it obviously pushes it out to more people, just like the thumbs up do let's play with the algorithm all that remains is to say like subscribe share it with a friend thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one